Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is episode 54. And um, we wanted to kind of look again at um, language um, because we've noticed it's kind of, well, for us, it's been a something that has progressed and changed over time and also is becoming quite an important topic um, generally talking about how we talk about people's problems how we talk about the challenges we have in life and um, and using clean language so you might have heard that term and wondered what it was and we kind of wonder what it is too so this is very much the beginnings of our exploration into clean language um so before we start, just say hi. Hi, Kate. How are you hi. Doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. It's um, we've had a really lovely run of weather here, so um, it's just got this kind of crisp autumn, bright stuff going on, which is just lovely. And I love kind of clearing up leaves and things like that this time of year. So um, yeah, and I slept well last night, so I feel quite chipper today. How about you? Um, yes, not too bad, tired, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I'm all right. Did you have another storm last night? Well, uh, yes, yeah, but I was just chuckling to myself how much we talk about the weather, that's so British. (laughs) So how are you? Yes, the weather's quite nice today, so I'm feeling okay. Yeah, but it just affects Um, you so much, like, so... You know, when we have, like, I've noticed on our group, sort of our sort of collective mental health has been dipping a bit lately. And there's just the dark, the raininess and all the rest of it. And and so I'm looking out. I've also moved my office to the back of the house and I've just got this bright sunshine bouncing off all the trees or the sort of metallics and this breeze. And it's just, you can't help but be affected by it. I think. Feel a bit better. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. Saying that, I'm just going to turn my sunlight. Oh, I've got a bit of sunshine. <laughs> turn the sunlight on. Um, so clean language. Mm. We are going to talk about a couple of things, weren't we? Um, one of the sort of, I guess, the biggest terms that we use, well, that is used in sobriety uh, circles is ODAT, one day at a time. So we're going to kind of um, have a look at that in how it can be flipped to be positive and then look at a bit more general at some of the language um, Mm. which has felt disempowering to us and that there is a general trend to kind of look at language to be more empowering Mm. thank goodness (laughs) Um, so do you want to start with with ODAC yeah so there's a couple of things with this I suppose the whole the way that like you said, we're sort of begin our, beginning our explorations into it. And obviously language is really important to us because I think we started the podcast with a look at the language and wanting to kind of reframe. Um, and so I think there's a few things going on for me at the moment that I'm just trying to kind of, my brain is mulching through, which is the flipping the language. So so things that have felt disempowering to empowering so positive spins on things then like you said there's the sort of clean aspect which is of interest to me as a coach and also with exploring this topic because that's 
very respectful so it respects people's individual experience right so when we're talking about we've done you know that's obviously your interest in in kind of trauma and recovery around that and um yeah i think there's this kind of growing enlightenment around it at the moment there's a bit of a sea change going on so yeah, yeah so and also so i think at some points in sobriety you might need both you might need a bit of mentoring when you start out to put out the positive messages whilst also being given the space to explore your experience with clean language because it's almost like if you're given too much room early days it might just be quite like too much do you know what I mean so I'm I'm kind of that's what I'm thinking about at the moment but yeah so ODAT um so again like when I came across this well I first heard this in the 1970s when I was about like when I was tiny because there was this song in the charts that used to go one day at a time sweet Jesus it was like this country and western song right and it stuck with me I don't know why I was just always born to kind of have something to do with AA I think because of, like from a tiny tiny child I just remembered that like Oda so yeah Oda is one day at a time right and I just used to find it a bit negative like so many people because all the stuff I saw on TV in the rooms and sort of you know common stereotypes was like it's got to be like that because every single day is so dreadful without alcohol and it's so hard and we're so desperate to drink that we can only do one day at a time so it was like this really like miserable kind of life sentence one day at a time like literally being in purgatory and then so from being sober and doing looking into wellness and mindfulness and all of those you know signs of happiness and really get into grips with actually how important daily routines are in in terms of balance and wellness it's completely shifted for me so I'm like yeah of course it's one day at a time because I'm in it you know I'm not so it's it's been a complete head flip for me and in a real sort of positive way of yeah let's really enjoy today and let's really put our wellness things in and let's really give ourselves time today because we're doing today right um Mm. yeah so that's sort of where I'm at now what about you yeah I think it's that shift isn't it that like um from it being a kind of a, a panic you know like one day at a time because that's all I can manage Mm. which can be very very useful at the beginning you know it's just like just keep it small just keep it manageable Mm. you know um not that this is kind of life sentence um that we'll always be struggling with this problem but it's like let's just deal with the day-to-day um to yeah this more um kind of connected sense in the sense of let's be here today Mm. you know let's let's enjoy today let's be present you know and you said about mindfulness it's that that thing of that's what it connects to me now is that 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 kind of like um reflection one day at a time to be Mm. like wow like what did I achieve today what was difficult what did I enjoy you know how are the kids like that kind of daily Mm. practice of of setting intentions and then reflections in the evening that's yeah. what one day at a time for me is and it's like 
and it helps with those feelings of overwhelm and it helps with those feelings of of what's going to be happening next it's that Mm. beautiful kind of connection with just like let's just look at today Mm. and so it's more practical almost it's almost like a practical approach rather than what I suppose before I saw was a kind of almost theory of life (laughs) so when I was thinking of one day at a time I was thinking in terms of a whole life strung together of miserable one days rather than an actual practical application of tools to each day (laughs) so it's quite interesting isn't it the sort of shift in it's like yeah making your world small somehow and just doing you know like I always say sometimes don't I like when things get tough it's chop wood carry water it's bringing it small it's allowing yourself not to worry about the big picture the global picture um or yeah you could have that but but it's actually focusing practically on the on the things that you can do every day to keep you well balanced and happy Mm. and then we get up and we do it all again so hopefully touch wood yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of led us on to having a discussion about kind of um, language in, in, I suppose, treatment or uh, recovery. All these, all these mm. uh, terms have a lot of weight to them anyway. But I suppose in terms of like looking at sobriety and looking at um, people getting well um, and clean language and why that's kind of become important. Uh, I think it comes on on both sides in the fact that in traditional um, systems of um, sobriety, uh, the language could be quite negative towards that person. Um, You know, it could be, I know that there was a lot about ego and a lot about selfishness and a lot about people being, you know, in their own worlds and, you know, and a lot of that was 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 quite heavy, mm. um, and at the same time, you know, people put a lot of um, negative talk on themselves, um, and so clean language, I think, is that thing of of moving away from that disempowering language and moving towards something that is about um, strength and that it's okay that you have an individual unique pathway. Mm. Um, so I picked up a, an article that I'll refer to and I'll put a link to it. I don't agree necessarily with everything that sh- she says, but I think she makes some really good points. It's a, a woman called Anne Fletcher, and mm. she sort of went into treatment centres uh, in the US um, to kind of see what sort of language was being used. And so she said, you know, it's this discouraging people of from talks where they put themselves down label themselves in a pejorative way or present their behavior in moralistic terms and I think this is very much you know what we've talked about for a long time in terms of moving away from um religious moralistic <laughs> language um and pushing it the, the positive choice um language well it was like what La- Lara said in the last podcast wasn't it as well about the fact that she'd gone through lots of traditional treatment and and 12-step programs and it was kind of useful to a point but then it was very much 
it made her feel bad about herself and it was mm. about being you need to be humble you need to be this and actually she, it was just like actually I need to feel better about myself I need to love myself and there was nothing in that that enabled her to do it um which is yeah. again it's it's the language that we you I mean we were talking about this the other day so I just kind of come come up with some of these words and that you were you were saying which was um about denial um abstinence character defects it's an infection of personality um and the words eradicate eliminate like there was it was all through that was really really hard difficult language wasn't it Mm. so sorry carry on i just wanted to no no yeah so it, it it's all those um and what I mean, clean language as a as a movement is 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 really looking at metaphors and yeah. you know and looking at um, how we can use empath empathetic is that right mm, empathic uh, empathic um, ways of talking to people and picking up on the on the metaphors that that they have rather than sort of pushing our own. Um, opinions through the sort of language that we use mm. um i mean some of the the biggest ones i guess in in addiction terminology is is clean that's one that people mm. are trying to you know clean or dirty mm. um because it has no kind of it's very negative um for someone that is that is struggling with an addiction um and it does. I mean, what does it really mean anyway? Mm. Um, relapse is a really interesting one um, because, well, it says in this article that um, the terms relapse and lapse have moral and religious roots and that they should be replaced with more neutral and precise terms depicting experiences with such historical bag baggage as abandonment of religious faith, mm. a lapse of a lapsed Catholic, moral failing, lapse in grace, deviation from accepted standards, lapse in judgment and deterioration in discipline or ability, lapse in memory or into mm. bad habits. It's extremely, mm. um, yeah, um, negative and disempowering. And actually, um, the preferred term now for experts is to talk about uh, with substance use disorder is a recurrence so mm. and that's really interesting theory. right because I remember this very 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 clearly and we've already spoken earlier about the fact that I still feel the need to sort of fight my corner over this because of my experiences in the sober community like going back six years when I was kind of saying some of this and feeling like I needed to tell my truth and tell my story and not use that language because I'm very sensitive to language and really getting quite told off on a certain forum, which I adore this forum, but I there were a couple of characters on there that used to tell me I was in denial, that I was, yeah, I rem and just be so, so mean and so disrespectful and so bullying. And um, luckily, I think there were enough people on there who were feeling a similar way that, that, that I could kind of work work through it I think um 
Yeah. So, but I also know people who left the forum because of mm. that, who felt too shamed by some of this language. So not only that were they not able to kind of access AA rooms, traditional methods of support, they got hounded off certain sober sites for using, for daring to say, actually, you know what, that doesn't quite feel right for me. And I remember having mm. the relapse argument. I was like, it doesn't feel like a relapse. I drank again, mm. it was a choice and there were a background to it and there were obviously issues that I have to work through but this doesn't feel right and I had someone, someone just said to me you're completely in denial, a relapse is a relapse and I was like, mm. okay, but that really just felt so bad and so disempowering and so shameful mm. that I had to then sort of recover from that <laughs> so that, you know what I mean, I was like, okay, it's still... And that still wasn't the thing that's that's helped me and that helps me long term. So, yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah, and I, I think, digress. No, no, but I think I think that's the, the point of why these these um, conversations are so important is that it it prevents people from getting if you are, you know, as as Laura said last week, some people tough love will work, yeah. mm-hmm. but some yeah. people it won't. And so you're 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 kind of putting up a barrier to help a, a huge amount of people because of the, the way that you're treating them and because of the language around it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so the, the article goes on to say that, you know, um, programs that are named, you know, relapse prevention programs should be re- redesigned as recovery support programs. Mm. Um, when considering alternatives to lapse and relapse, they suggest that the emphasis moves solely from not using to more fully include language such as wellness, quality of life, life meaning and purpose and citizenship, which we were like, <laughs> poor, poor, we, we totally uh, excuse me, what have we been saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told you, I told you so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and and this was a, a, the other one is kind of alcoholic and addict. And this is mm. a very interesting one because, um, we had I had a conversation with someone when we did our workshop with Sharon um, about the fact that alcoholism and, and alcoholic and addict are not diagnostic terms anymore. Mm-mm. And as I was sort of saying it, she was so shocked. She was like, really, that I started doubting myself. I was like, maybe that's maybe I just read that somewhere and that's not true. And I'm not actually 100 percent sure in the UK, but mm. I know in the US and then reading this article today, I was like, OK, like I am right yeah um, so it's AUD it says, right it's alcohol use disorder yeah it? so it says yeah. in professional diagnostic terms the word alcoholic and addict don't even exist anymore alcoholism was abandoned in 1980 as a diagnostic uh, in f- favor of alcohol dependence and alcohol abuse which in mm. turn disappeared in the current DSM-5 yeah. that now employs the classifications of mild moderate and severe substance use disorder uh-huh. which we should be using these are delineate delineated delineated Deli- delineated english language teacher um, delineated <laughs> like according to substance therefore alcohol use disorder mm. cannabis use disorder and so on although addiction is commonly used to describe severe problems related to compulsive and habitual use mm. it is not used as a diagnostic term in the DSM-5 mm. because of its uncertain definition and its potentially negative connotations 
So it concludes in saying language matters. It's far more than superficial concerns about political correctness. The labels applied to individuals affect how they are perceived by others and how they perceive themselves. Stigma and discrimination are couched in a language that reinforces stereotypes and elicits fears. Mm. Language that focuses on the person is more respectful and less stigmatizing that language than language that defines a person in terms of an illness or disorder. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So there and we go. interestingly, you know, that, that what, what jumps out at me is that the sort of respectful thing, mm. which is, and, and I've been looking into the, um, the clean language as a kind of coaching route, um, is a, a kind of system that was um, invented, I believe, by um, David Gove. And yeah, David Grove. Maybe. David Grove, is it? Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, so this is that whole idea of working with people's language and metaphors, which you picked up on earlier, which is really nice, I think, in terms of that... Um, so it, that kind of respectful approach, and the, and the one of the reasons why is because they believe that you know that that's whichever side of the brain it is that's the you know in the unconscious. This is where the kind of metaphors come from. So that kind of transformation and healing and expression and that whole witnessing that people often just want to be witnessed. Like we know we are our own experts. Um, we are, we, I mean, we've, I always said this as well. And, you know, I used to fight this corner a lot as well, where the, this in, disempowering language used to come, come about. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, but I did not freeze at the age of 14. Like mm. I fucking, I'm a mum. I've been a journalist. I've traveled the world. I have a few bloody skills and stop putting me down. I probably, and I've had this from like, you know, in therapists, I've probably got more bloody skills than you have. So put mm. that away, <laughs> that whole kind of attitude. Like I know, so I I do feel that that whole strength-based, respectful, like what works for you? What has worked? Keep doing that. Let's explore that. Let's build on that. Because mm. those are the things that work in your life and for you. You know, who am I to stick a label on you? And to tell you that that's not right. It's like it, that is just fundamentally kind of malpractice to me. Um, yeah, know, and I so. think I think there is that you know there is that challenging of you know of it, which is really important. And at the same time, you know, if that if someone is coming and using that language, you know, that's absolutely that's absolutely fine because that's their that's what you know there are some people I know that you know saying that they're an ad addict gives mm. them that kind of yeah but that's that self-determining if you self-determine that's fine but it's mm, about absolutely. being able to self-determine and use your own language and there being respect for that isn't it so yeah of course if 100% if if that's what you know I have a really really good friend that I've spoken up for in the fellowship and she I mean, I have to say the one-liners are amazing and I use many, many of her quotes, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> They're brilliant, but I can't be doing it with, with the rest of it. But, you know, that's 100% her route and she loves it and it's working for her. So, you know. Yeah, so I was just, I've got it. Um, 
in front a kind of definition about clean language. Um, I'm all about definitions today, aren't I? Uh, clean language is a communication methodology developed by David J. Grove, a New Zealand counselling psychologist during the 1980s and 90s. While initially used in clinical therapy, clean language offers helpful techniques to all professional communicators, especially those working closely with others. Clean language techniques are aligned closely with modern enabling principles of empathy and understanding, as opposed to traditional manipulative conscious or unconscious methods of influence and persuasion and the projection of self-interest. Clean language helps people convey their own meaning free of emotional or other distracting interpretations from others. Such as clean language promotes better clarity of communications, neutrality and objectivity, absence of emotional spin, bias and prejudice, ease of understanding and cooperative, productive relationships. So that's essentially mm. what you've just said. You know, it's like <laughs> not saying you can't be, yeah. you can't come to my my club unless you say this. Yeah. It's like... How do you feel about it and what, what works for you? Exactly. Um, interestingly, um, Tammy Salas, who's a, a friend of mine and, and does the amazing podcast, the Unruffled podcast, she has been writing um, a lot about this recently. And it, it's a transition thing for her mm. that, you know, she does 12 steps and she's very much part of the fellowship. And it's something that's extremely important to her in her recovery but she no longer wants to say I am an alcoholic. You mm. know, she feels that 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 was she was fine to say that in the beginning, and it gave her an entry, and that's what she, what, what she felt. That's how she felt at that time. She mm. she was, but now she 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 said that she you know she's gone in, and it has been accepted, which I should say too, that she now says I am a sober, dignified woman. Yeah, and no. that's. <laughs> Love and that's it. what she says when she goes to meetings now. She says, I, you know, my name's Tammy and I'm a sober, <laughs> dignified woman. I'd say, I'm and... Kate, I'm sober, but I'm still a bit of a knob. <laughs> Is that allowed? <laughs> I don't know whether they'd understand knob in an American no. oh. 12 step program, but I don't know. We'll have to ask an American. Knob? What is this knob? I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. I really shouldn't do American accents. So I do apologise, <laughs> everybody. Um, um, I would say hi I'm Mandy and I'm just trying to figure stuff out <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working I'm still working stuff out oh, um, but there has been are, what Jeez. what I like as well is is something of of using that of using past tense or, mm. or using present tense or using like um the gerund what's the gerund <laughs> uh it's uh verb plus ing so doing playing oh sorry yeah yeah present um, in and so if you're like i am recovering mm. you know you're still in the process or in recovery means that you're still there mm. um i am recovered um it's very different you know and, and like a friend of mine you know she says i was an alcoholic mm. you know that's quite powerful mm. it's like but i'm not now i'm not going to be like going through your cupboards and you know you don't have to worry kind of thing mm. so I mean that's kind of di digressing a little bit from this but essentially it's like... a, that's saying though you, you you're allowed to that I I can see that in terms of like if that language has worked for you 
and you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and you, that's, that's giving respect to part of that journey and saying, well, and actually I'm in a different space now. So, you know, for me, that's respectful of that person's journey also, you know? Yeah, so. and that's always been my argument about um, that terminology is that, you know, I never... I, I never used that because it. I didn't feel that that was respectful for those women mm. that had been dependent on alcohol and had been to rock bottom and, and all those mm. things because, you know, like my relationship with alcohol and everything that I went through was extremely difficult and hard. Um, but, you know, knowing my, you know, my best friend's mum and, and knowing how, mm. what her life was like, you know, there's no way that I would deem to say that I was on the same page as her, yeah. you know. So it was always a thing of, of being respectful to those people. It was never about denial. It was just like, no, you yeah. know, because... And I feel the same, but also, but when I bought that, when I tried to explain that, then I was told off for that as yeah. like, oh, so you're just, you're like, oh, so you're How not very you? bad, are you? So you're just saying the da-da-da-da-da. So yeah. it was like, oh, okay, I'm like, you know, this is clearly very emotionally laden for all and this was my point actually that all of this is incredibly emotionally laden and that's why you need respect because for some that label is a matter of life and death and they have you know it's like you need that for me to be able to choose my language and not use that was also so important. I couldn't let it go. It's like, look, I can't, I can't chew on myself into that. And it's not about being holier than thou or superior or saying I'm not as bad or like, it, it just is not about that. It's just like everyone needs a place where their truth feels authentic and they feel they've got a home with it and they can get support with it. And that is why this clean approach and this respectful approach is as far as I'm concerned like it's fundamental for people like it needs to be written out in those kinds of you know the manifesto of you've got a place here right yeah and we're not going to attack your language and we're not going to put you down and if Mm. you know whatever it works for you that is that is great Mm. and let's share it let's share all the knowledge you know yes I completely agree um and that's I suppose what we're working towards isn't it it's just to be able to have these conversations and and find what works for you Mm. um yeah and it's about feeling empowered you know Mm. not disempowered and that's why going back to the kind of recovery word that's still a bit sticky for me and the discovery word. And I was thinking about, you know, but the different stages, like you say, there might be different stages of your journey where at some point you felt like you were recovering from that sort of, you know, you might be going through some therapy or like for me, you know, processing grief. Um, um, but then it, it doesn't feel so acute and now it feels like I'm discovering the beauty of the mm. day again, you know, almost, do, do you know what I mean? So, so just allowing that a gentle curiosity about what might work and what might not for you and, and allowing that to, to shift when it does, you know, and, and again, it's like, you know, you were saying there's no one with CCTV in your camera. What are the, sh- what are the shoulds? There's a lot of shoulds around language, right? Yeah. So 
if it's something, you know, it's like something we can mind map, brainstorm, play with perhaps, have a light, slightly lighter touch with, might just kind of serve us well and make us feel a bit better. I don't know. Mm. And then see where those transition points are, you know. If it's too scary, don't. You know, if you're like, no, I just, this is, that's fine. This is working, then fine. You know, don't, if it's work, mm. if, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If it's not, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so... That's the other thing I'd put there is that some for some stages, I think, you know, my certain stages in sobriety as well, I just couldn't hear certain conversations and I could no. not hear uh, harm reduction, for example. Um, mm. I could not hear. So I would 100% say, again, this may be a conversation for further down the line. You may just need to be... <laughs> Yeah. working your steps or working very very closely with what works and not thinking too deeply about it you know yeah um I think what what is interesting um is the link to self-compassion you know mm. so obviously there is a like industry sort of um services wide problems with language that are very demoralizing and shameful etc but the language that we use with ourselves you know if you start identifying kind of the metaphors and the the words like i blew it or i did something bad or Mm. you know i failed you know or um I'm giving up all these things. Mm. It's like they have real power. And, you know, if you do journal, if you do write or whenever you do come across problematic times, it's like look at the language you're using with yourself and how how loving is it and how mm. caring is it. Um, and that sort of shift to compassionate language with yourself mm. will impact on your healing. Um yeah, that's good because there is, um, like you say, there's a kind of endemic institutionalised language, which papers like that that you that you looked at are great mm. because then they can start filtering through the industry. And also, you know, ICAD that we're going to in, um, in May, which is really mm. looking at um, how professionals are working with in this in this realm. Um, and so there is going to be much more sort of discussion hopefully you know if there are psychiatrists there for example you've got coaches there um who can be talking about clean language and hopefully all of this starts to sort of cross reference and pollinate yes flower metaphor but i think like you say that uh, being aware of one well it's what can you control and what can't you again isn't it it's Mm. like i can't control what maybe the well you can maybe challenge my doctor and say no that is just no no but mm. I can have a reflection on my own language and try and be kinder for sure mm. yeah. yeah yeah that's nice that's an important point I think yes okay so um what's your tip of the day the reason to love sober Oh, my tip of the day is to, oh, I don't know, I think it going right back to Oda, I suppose, one day at a time, because Sunday I had a hideous day, like hideous, hideous family argument day, and it just felt really heavy, um, and I think everyone went to bed upset, but actually 
you know, like the next day was fine. Just all mm. things shall pass. Ba- ba- you know, bank of mantras. No doubt, yeah. this, this too shall pass. Um, um, I have a friend who used to say as well, this is kind of going off topic slightly, about bruised peach syndrome. And it was just that whenever that anything had happened, like in my house when I was growing up, there was you weren't allowed to have a bruised peach kind of recovery from any kind of arguments people just had to kind of get on with it Mm. and actually just to know that everyone's going to be feeling a little bit fragile and then we chatted about it and I said oh I feel a little bit but I can't even remember the word I used but sort of yeah still a bit shaky from from yesterday and my son sort of went, yeah, that was a bit of a shit day, wasn't it? Oh, you know, what can we do today that's a bit nicer? I checked in with my daughter. I phoned my husband at work and was like, yeah, I do feel a bit wobbly. And he said, yeah, yeah. I do too. Like, and then we, we reflected on it and then we were like, okay. And we've been thinking about some nice things to do and we've come home and given each other an extra hug, you know. So it yeah. feels really, yeah, that would be my tip that- today. That Gosh. communication, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And allowing, yeah, allowing, allowing each other to heal from it. Yeah. Recognize, recognizing the emotion, I suppose. Yeah. That's what it and I think it's is. almost like rain. It's recognize, allow, investigate, and then nurture, isn't it? It comes mm. back to that rain acronym so much for self care and self compassion and, yeah, how mm. to treat each other. Mm. Yeah. What about nice. you? That was a nice deep one. I have like nothing to give. Um, Good. Let's have tip a- of the day tip of the day um I well I think it's it's because every we as we said right at the beginning everyone's been few like the the women in our group I know a load loads of my friends kind of on social media are, are really struggling with there's just everything feels quite hard work at the moment mm. and I guess it's that thing of like recognizing that it is a change of season and, you know, the clocks have just gone back. And it's that when you get those little light bulb moments, it's like, oh, right. Like, this is why it's hard. Mm. You know, the kids getting up to school for school in the dark and like it's been raining for three weeks. Slight exaggeration. Um, <laughs> not much, but and it's that. Yeah, I guess it's that rec- recognition. of Just like if you take a step back, normally there is something mm. Um so just give yourself time to to think, you know, just to sort of go, right, what's actually, what's going on here? And then how can we make it a bit better? Mm. So I'm just stealing what you said, essentially. <laughs> no, but you're smart. And if you don't have any good ideas, just repeat what other people say that have good ideas, which is essentially what mantras are, right? So they you're are. Like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, inspirational. So it's like if you don't have any inspiration yourself, then there go to a mentor, a teacher, yeah. a you know someone that inspires you, and and you know take sort of inspiration from them. Mm. Oh, are you my mentor and teacher? I don't. Doing a little... I really don't think so, love. <laughs> you I underestimate really yourself. Oh, bless you. I was. This is going really off topic. We're going to have to do another one. But I was thinking about um, archangels. <laughs> I was thinking about Archangel, you're going to hate me for this because I know you hate all the religion stuff and I think it's because we've been chatting about it. But Archangels and saints and Greek gods and the reasons for them were for that often to just get reach out because they didn't have celebrities, right? We couldn't go, 
oh, I'll just read about what Brad Pitt's doing because that's going to be like really in sort of like, oh, and they're going to be a role model or something. That's a really bad example. <laughs> but like, so, you know, you might have a think about St. Francis and be like, oh, yeah, you know, he kept going. He kept going across the river, didn't he? Even when the river was like hard, you know, St. Francis. And they'd be, you'd be talking about that in the old days, wouldn't you? And the Greek gods. So it's a way of identifying and personifying and getting little bits of wisdom from people and names that we can remember. I'm so freaking deep, dude. I'm so deep. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go I watch like Queer Eye or something. I really do. <laughs> yeah, well, they modern are certainly, day saints, right? They're certainly they're modern day saints, they are indeed. Modern day saints. Queer uh, okay, what's your reason to love sober? <laughs> I, the reason that I love sober today is the fact that we then create this podcast, which means I can talk shit so much, <laughs> right? And I put it out there. Oh dear. And well, yeah. I guess that's. But hu- humor, and we've talked about this before in mm. terms of resilience, and like. Um, Boris Selnick, I believe his name is, who wrote a brilliant book about resilience, is so much about humour and being able to step outside and storytell and create metaphors and all these things. Mm. So, like, yeah, I mean, the, the reason to love sober is and doing this is, you know, hopefully, and I think we do from the messages we get back, is like to bring a little bit of laughter and light and silliness and, you know, and and connection and and all those things. So, yeah, it feels like a privilege. And, like, I was thinking this because in our group we do meet and shares, don't we, on a Monday, which is Mm. kind of an online um, meeting. We we meet by Zoom and quite often we're in our pyjamas and, you know, we, we share kind of our experience hope and strength strength on a subject um and it's just so nice to be able to give that sort of experience to people but also be part of it too you know it Mm. feels like a real privilege to be sober and be able to have these conversations Mm. with people um and help people a little bit on their journey so it does yeah fighting the good fight yeah is that your tip of the day that's your reason to live sober <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's your tip of the day i think i stole yours uh, about half an hour ago oh and did i have i got to come up oh no i've done my reason to live sober. <laughs> i think we should just, I think wrap we should up, just go yeah. yeah okay so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking reach out and get support um lots of online support um uh, alcohol change oh isn't it alcohol change week isn't it um alcohol awareness week this week it is right? indeed so, yes they got lots of stuff online yeah lots of stuff online on alcoholchange.org is it um yeah so uh yeah so that's this week so by the time this goes out on friday That'll be the end mm. of the week, won't it? Oh, well, that's well done of us, isn't it? Well done. <laughs> you can tell we're two, like, busy mums who are just trying to kind of pull it together. Um, but so, yeah, them and GP. And, yeah, just get in touch with us as well. And don't feel like you have to be alone because you're not. Hey, lots of love and see you next week. Bye. Bye.